I give God the glory. I want to invite I want to invite each one of you to sit in the presence of the Lord as the Lord ministers to us this morning. We invite you, wherever you are, whether you are at work and you have, you, have, you have your smartphone on or your tablet or your iPad or you are driving on an highway somewhere in a different nation or you are sitting on your bed or you are sitting on your living room, you have woken up to come and watch this and be part of this. I promise you that the word of the Lord is in my mouth and you will not be disappointed. Today... I want us to go to Matthew chapter number 11, verses 6 to, uh, verses 2 to 6. Matthew chapter number 11, uh, verses 2 to 6. Those are just very few, few verses. And I will be able to bring the word of the Lord quickly to you and to each one of you through that text of scripture. I want to begin with a word of prayer. Jehovah God, I pray that as I bring this message that you have given to me, I tell your children here and those that are watching us from other nations and from their living rooms who could not come and others even probably from an hospital bed, I pray that God, you would touch them and heal them and may through this message, there will be the resurrection of hope and faith in their hearts. It to serve you better and to know that you are their God. I pray that you will use me to the glory of your name. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I want us to go to this scripture and read verses 2. The world has been going through a very difficult time in the last one year. But that one year has been difficult for people. And today I want you to join with me as we visit a man called John the Baptist. John the Baptist in prison. We want to visit John the Baptist in prison and fellowship or have a dialogue with brother John, with the John the Baptist. I'm not talking about an elder of a church. I'm not talking about uh, a member of the choir or a member of the protocol team in a church. I'm not talking about a, mem you know, a, a member of the ushering board or a reverend or a pastor or a deacon or a, a bishop or a bishop whatever or a prophet or whatever it is. I'm not talking just about any person. I'm talking about John the Baptist. The man who had the privilege... The man who had the privilege of baptizing Jesus Christ himself. And the man who stood as he baptized Jesus, he saw the heavens open up. And, uh, and the Holy Spirit coming down like a dove. And resting on the shoulder of Jesus whom he had baptized. And the voice came from heaven and said... To him and to those who are there, that this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. This is a man who had heard from heaven. This is a man who when Mary visited her cousin in Jerusalem, Elizabeth, when she was six months pregnant and Jesus was, and Mary had conceived Jesus. It is, this is the same man who was filled with the Holy Spirit while in his what? While in his mother's womb. Hey. 
We don't have that privilege here. We have to be prayed for to be filled with the Holy Ghost. He was filled with the Holy Spirit in his mother's womb. And when the mothers Mary and Elizabeth's mother, you know, greeted each other, the babies did what? Come on. They started confirming their ministry and their position in life while they were in the womb. He was not an ordinary man. John is not an ordinary man. John is not somebody you can assume. John is not somebody who can be tossed to and fro. He's a man who had the truth about Christ. He had testified about Jesus. He baptized him. He even told his disciples... To follow Jesus. Because he must decrease. While Jesus does what? Increases. But there are, there are things we go through in life. There are voices we listen to in life. There are discouragements that we face in life. There are dark seasons in our lives that we go through. There are discouraging factors. There are disappointing moments that we go through in life. Moments of confusion. Moments of discouragement. When adversity becomes so strong. When the darkness becomes so thick. And when the desert becomes so dry and you look at it, Monday is not different from the other Monday. Tuesday is not different from the other Tuesday. Wednesday is not different from the other Wednesdays. Thursday it's as difficult as the last week's Thursday. Friday and Saturday are defeating. Nothing has changed. The pain is still in the body. Suffering has not decreased. The rent, the rent situation has not changed. Money is not coming. The situation at work is as difficult as it has been. Your husband has chosen not to understand. Your wife has chosen to remind you of the everything you have done wrong and she decides to forget everything you did, or did right. Your mother-in-law becomes worse than the mother-in-law in Citizen TV. And whether at work or at home, the situation remains the same. During such moments, during such times, the enemy attacks very deeply. He preaches to you better than Billy Graham can preach to you. 
and he makes an autocall for you to answer. Those are the times that people make very discouraging statements. You hear a child of God say, if God is there, Somebody who has been born again since high school. Somebody who has been born again since primary school. Somebody that has been in church all their lives. Somebody who is serving in the house of God. You hear them say, if God is real, then where is he? If God loves me, then why am I going through this. Have you ever heard somebody say that who has been your encouragement? Somebody who has been encouraging you in the years when you are discouraged, they come and ask you, if God loves me, why am I going through this? Why is my equation not balancing? Why? And I was an A student. Why, am I become, why have I become a C student? I have been an A student all through. Why can't my mind acquire or get or track knowledge? Why is it? I have been healthy. I've been healthy all my life. I have been healthy all these years. And one day you wake up and you can't probably walk or pain is everywhere or you just go to a doctor and the report that they give you is very discouraging and you wonder, I have served you all these years faithfully, Jehovah God. Why did this and this happen to me if you still love me? That is the time the devil preaches to you and tells you it is because of what you did in 1989. It is that something, it is that tithe you never gave. It is not. It is because of A, B, C, D, the failure. It is because you, uh, you this and that and he gives you that and you repent before God. You cry before God and he tells you God doesn't want to see you and you believe him and everything else. In the last one year, every one of us has been affected. God massively took you out and every person who is here, I want you to know that God has protected you from things that would have killed you. He has kept you safe. The reason why you and I are still here is because the hand of God, the invisible hand of God has been holding you tight. If it were not Jehovah God, you would be swallowed up by the enemy. If you are not Jehovah God who has kept you and who has preserved you, I tell you the truth. There are people that are more qualified than you where you work and they lost their jobs. And God has sustained you. There are people who are more educated than you will ever be. Who have more degrees than a thermometer. Who know everything. But there are no more. And God has kept you. They are no longer the director of that company. They are no longer the CEO of that company. They are no longer the office, you know, uh, the, the foreman in the office. They are no longer, they lost their jobs. There are people who know more accounts than you do. And they don't have a penny in their pockets today. The Lord has preserved you. But during these times, that is everything that we know about God. And his faithfulness is tested. And today we are about to visit a brother who sold Jesus and baptized him.
who saw the heavens open up and a voice declaring loudly that this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. The Bible says in John 1.35, we are not going to there yet. It says, it's the next day he saw Jesus passing and he says, behold, the Lamb of God. That was John the Baptist. But John rebukes Herodias. He rebukes the king for taking his brother's wife. And the niece is dancing before the king. <laughs> and the concubine or the porcupine, whatever comes first, the concubine that he has taken, her daughter is dancing before the king. And she pleases the king. The king is thrilled. And the king stands up and says, I will give you whatever present that you want. I'll give you a present. Whatever you ask for, I'll give it to you. Because you have really impressed me with your dancing. And mama, the concubine calls the daughter and says, come before you answer. I tell you what you are going to ask for. This man who has rebuked my marriage and who doesn't like me. I want you to go and tell the king, you want his head. on a platter. Can you imagine a little tiny standard 3D student? Not even standard 3A. Coming to the king and saying, Nataka kichwa cha Yohana. I want the head of who? Of John the Baptist in a plate. Apeleka wapi na siyo ambuzi? It's not, it's, siyo ya ngombe, siyo ambuzi, atakula nini? Atapeleka wapi? The mother who wants to get back to the prophet of God, the servant of God, says, go and ask for his head. And she comes and says, your honor, I have one gift that I want. What is it? Mention it, I'll give it to you. I want the head of who? John the Baptist. He could have asked for his shoes. She could have asked for his wallet and they still have done it she would have asked for a trip to Malaysia if not seashells if not Masai Mara Gempak that would have been something but what did she ask for and the head had to be of the man of God not the witch not the sorcerer in the village Not the devil worshipper's head. Not the head of that man who doesn't go to church and who says there is no God. But which head? Which head, church? And John is arrested and thrown in prison for doing the right thing. John the Baptist is in prison. Waiting for his head to be chopped off and given to a little girl as a present for singing to the king. 
And while John is seated in prison for doing good, not for robbing the bank, not for stealing somebody's wife or husband, while he's in prison, the enemy comes to ask him, is your faith worth losing your head? Is this what God pays you for serving him? Is this what you get for being a faithful tither? For giving your offerings faithfully? For preaching the gospel of Christ? Is this what you get? And the devil tells John, you are in prison. And that Jesus you are defending. And that Jesus who has refused you to bribe so that you can get a job or be promoted. He's out there free. Preaching. You are in here. You are incarcerated. You are behind bars. You are chained in prison. A very dark, lonely prison. And the Jesus you are dying for, and the Jesus you are losing the head for, and the Jesus who has cost you all this, and you have served him faithfully, is out there preaching. And he cannot even defend you. And you are here because you defended him. I don't know when the last time you told the devil that he has a point. 